It was a banner year for Arizona athletics, and it's time to hand out the coaching grades. Has John Schuster changed his opinion from an F to something maybe better? You are locked on Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for listening to Locked On Wildcats and making this your first listen of the day. I am your host, Mike Luke, joined by John Schuster. Hello, John Schuster. Hello, Mike Luke. How the heck are you? Not too bad. All right. It was a banner year for Arizona Athletics, considering, especially at this time last year, we were uh, looking at four new coaches in play. We're going to go back now, and we're going to uh, we're going to review the season and talk about all the coaches and what they what stuck out for us. First, Arizona basketball. If you're an Arizona fan, you know that Arizona basketball is all that matters in this city, essentially. So that's why we're going to start with Arizona basketball. We're not an SEC school. All right. Tommy Lloyd comes in. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of the lay of the land here just to show you how wise the man to my right or, yeah, to my right. uh, Your uh, your left on your viewing screen. Arizona basketball, and we've talked about it, is not one of those. Uh, it's not one of those five or six inner crust blue bloods. Although we did talk about who are those blue bloods because they're always changing. It seems, but Arizona basketball, by any metric, is in that second tier, and you always figure that you should be able to get a good coach, an established coach. Um, perfect example: Sean Miller when he came here from Xavier, he was coming off an Elite Eight, a Sweet Sixteen performance at a mid major. Tommy Lloyd then gets hired to replace Sean Miller. And I was like, Tommy Lloyd, they see that he's at Gonzaga. I told John Schuster about this, and Schuster said that this was an absolute home run hire. Schuster has admired Gonzaga from afar. What made you so what made you so above or ahead of the curve here, John Schuster, when it came to realizing how good Tommy Lloyd would be? I think it's the blue blood aspect. And thank you for saying I was ahead of the curve. You were. I, I just like the hire. I, it doesn't whether curve behind, ahead, on pace, whatever it is. Uh, I think hopefully Arizona fans are pleased with what they've seen so far, and that's uh, far more important. But the blue blood conversation I thought was really interesting because we when when we get into that we uh, talk about of course Kansas Duke North Carolina Kentucky and if you look at what Gonzaga has been able to do over the course of the last ten years what makes them not a blue blood right they are they in the last five they've made as deep a tournament run as anybody has. I think they've won more tournament games in that process. They've been number one seeds a lot. They've beaten good teams. They had played at the time in two national championship games. So it it, it seemed confusing. It, it, it was a misnomer to me that if you got a coach from Gonzaga, that that was a bad thing uh, because of what Gonzaga's pecking order was. But based on their resume, Gonzaga is we take a backseat to no one is a modern blue blood team. So what's the difference between Tommy Lloyd going to Arizona and Roy Williams going to North Carolina? You know what? Not really, a, really you know in what? the end, not not a whole heck of a. At the time, you look at it and say, "Well, Kansas and Gonzaga." I get that Kansas has been a great basketball program and a rightful quote unquote blue blood for a, decades, but Gonzaga has been a legitimate bas- college basketball program for a long period of time, and so getting a coach an assistant from that program 
to a program that, let's be honest, Arizona has not been good as Gonzaga the last two decades. No. You can now, do they have the potential to be? Absolutely. And that's why Tommy Lloyd took the job and he obviously got off to a good start. Well, I think what really impressed me too was the mannerisms and the demeanor in which Lloyd came in here. Lloyd was the polar opposite. Lloyd was essentially the polar opposite of Sean Miller in about every single uh, every single way you could go about it. His style of play was certainly not Sean Miller-esque. And his mannerisms, the way he had kind of a cool, calm demeanor to him that I think was actually very reassuring to uh, to his players. I'm going to keep going back to the quote on Christian Coloco when he was asked, why is Coloco so much better this year? And he said, we love on him. Tommy Lloyd, to me, is a guy that is not a one-size-fits-all type person. He can tell by game to game if he needs to switch the approach. He can tell by player to player if he needs to switch the approach. And that was something that was unique to me that we hadn't seen in a long time, Josh Schuster. Yeah, those are things that uh, I think uh, I think as much as anything, though, those two key components, and hey, you know, you've got to be able to get into somebody's face from time to time. It's a result-oriented business with players who need to provide results. Are they 18, 19, 20, young, still growing? Absolutely. So you don't want to continue to, you know, play the Bobby Knight game, which is now 60 years old. Pound them down, pound them down, My pound them down, pound them down. By the way, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I've heard that rumor. I'm well aware of it. It's spreading virally on social media, uh, from what I understand. Once again, uh. The frustration with that is that it's Bobby Knight who doesn't understand that he had such a superior student in one of his PE classes, True. not your dad, who will happen to be uh, in the same school and fortunate enough to be taught by <laughs> Bobby Knight. You, gotta, you have to get the order right. Correct. Uh, I do apologize. In, in, that, in that regard. And I think the rest of the nation needs to apologize on that front as well. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll get it. It'll work because what's happened here is that, again, I'm ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. And um, every, everybody else will uh, catch up in that regard. Uh, so I think there's this relative when when we say everything was a polar opposite, 180 degrees, things are totally different. That's not entirely true because it suggests that Tom, Tommy Lloyd is just Mr. Nice Guy hanging out. Ah, rah, rah, shucksies. You're going to be able to figure it out and everything's great. When he needs to get on somebody, he gets on somebody. But he probably is better temperamentally at understanding how to deal with different players and how they respond appropriately. And that's a very important thing. Whereas Miller was more straightforward, every kind, kind of more or less. Miller you know, was your straightforward kind of jerk. Yeah. I yeah. said it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's sort of an everybody sucks approach. And if you're not playing well, I'm going to yell at you. Uh, and, and, and a lot of players liked it and still bonded with Miller and bonded with their coach. But obviously there was a difference in that regard between the lines. The difference is uh, Lloyd's willingness to be a little bit more adaptable. And I think that's going to help uh, Arizona in the early stages, I think this year becomes a very interesting test in that regard because you've noted in uh, previous podcasts that uh, you don't think Arizona talent-wise is going to be as good as it ultimately was this year. So we'll see how um, Lloyd adjusts in situations that uh, might test his coaching acumen a bit more. All right. So what do you give him? I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm giving him an A+. I think he was the perfect man at the right moment. I have no problems with anything Tommy Lloyd did this year. He's the perfect man at the right time, but it's an A-minus grade because Arizona didn't get to the Final Four and they were a number one seed. Uh, if, you want to be, if you want to be now, they had an A-plus regular season. 
which allowed them to get to a number one seed. And a lot of people didn't think at the beginning of the year. I mean, Arizona clearly overachieved. Uh, and Lloyd is responsible for that and did an excellent job with that. Miller left him a good cupboard, and Lloyd did an excellent job of going out and get tra- getting transfers to uh, handle the depth issue. But in the now, Arizona was excellent in the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, knocking off UCLA was a significant coup. We feel we have this, I think, retrospective interpretation of UCLA's kind of being a season being kind of a disappointment. Right. But they're but but they played a team that was three points away from winning a national winning title. Winning the national title, right? And in, in one of the better games in the NCAA tournament. So you know, and and in that game, I think UCLA played very well. So right. knocking off UCLA in the Pac-12 tournament is a is an excellent accomplishment for Arizona. And then they came up against a buzzsaw matchup. Wise, it didn't work their way. But the last month of the season. Uh, Lloyd kind of pulled back the reins a little bit, I think, defensively and strategically, specifically in that Houston game. I think that was, uh, again, retrospectively problematic uh, because late in the game when Arizona looked like it had to be desperate to change temp to try to change tempo a little bit, that looked like it was successful. And in those situations, you're frustrated that maybe you didn't try that a little bit earlier. All right. Now, one thing that I don't think that you can debate at all is that Tommy Lloyd consumes built bar. Tommy Lloyd came in invigorated. Tommy Lloyd came in with a presence. Tommy Lloyd came in with a strength that you see from somebody that has Built Bar dripping off of them. Well, well Built Bar's an A+. Built Bar is an A+. And by the way, it's taken off right now. I actually had somebody, I kid you not, this is probably about a week ago, tell me that they tried the blueberry and they said the blueberry was their favorite flavor. They thanked me, but as the mm-hmm. good person that I am, I said, don't thank me. The first one that dropped the blueberry built bar reference was none other than one John Schuster. Well, so there, again, John Schuster, curve. you have a virtual thank you right there. So people with built bar, check it out. We're going to be right back with you. Can John Schuster turn something from an F to something better? Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. John Schuster admittedly does not follow the recruiting game. He does not care about the recruiting game. And more so than anything, he will never care about the recruiting game. So <laughs> that's accurate. You get yeah. an A plus for that uh for that accurate assessment. All right. To quote our good friend Kevin Woodman, I tell you that so I can tell you this. John Schuster and I were debating on this platform Jed Fish's performance in the first uh, his first season, and I asked Schuster. I told Schuster, I said I give him a B. John Schuster says balderdash. I give him an F. I said and, exactly what I said. I said balderdash. He didn't say ball. No, he's just referring to his head have. right there. But <laughs> yes, but he did say I'm not. I'm not I'm buying it. And they dash. I'm not. He says I'm not buying it. It's 100 percent an F. They were 1-11. They lost to NAU. Schuster is the guy that at the end of the day, when the kid comes slithering up to him after the test saying, well, I tried really hard. I don't care. Did you meet this standard? Mm-hmm. Jed Fish didn't right. meet this. Now, yeah. being that I did tell – now, being does it change your opinion at all? Because last time we did talk about this, he's now bringing in the reigning Pac-12 freshman of the year quarterback, top 20 recruiting class. Um does that factor in at all, or does John Schuster say it's an F until I see the results on the field? 
Well, I think that's uh, this is one of those things, and, and you have teaching experience here, Mike mm-hmm. Luke. I I do not, and and very often as a collegiate instructor or you know an instructor in general, you have categories uh, where you break down percentages to get an ultimate mm-hmm. grade. For instance, your final is worth fifty percent of your uh, grade. Assignments on a weekly basis are worth twenty percent. Uh, I know where you're you know, going here. Exactly, and then, and then you work your way up to what the ultimate one hundred percent is. So, so this is one of those situations with Arizona football where you have a couple disparate categories. Uh, you have the on-field performance, which is I don't know seventy percent of your well, well, it's, it's ultimately Let's be honest, it's a hundred. You know what? what the, it's a, it's ultimately one hundred percent of your grade. But there are elements that go into the grade that you hope you feel better about it uh, ultimately, and those aspects occur uh, in the exciting realm of recruiting. Since we haven't seen what Arizona has done, obviously in the second year yet, uh, in year one on the field, Arizona earned an F. Period. End of conversation, at least as far as I'm concerned. They're 1-11. They lost to NAU. The only game they won against California, Cal had a third of its roster. Cal, which sucked, had a third (laughs) of its roster out. And Arizona, I think, scored 12 points in that game. So so it's it's hard to argue anything on the field that Arizona was anything but an F, regardless of how hard they tried. Now, that grade can and clearly does go up based on what Arizona has been able to do from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, and moving toward trying to get better on-field grades uh, in the years ahead. Arizona's recruiting is, isn't it an A? Oh, it's an A+. Plus. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm throwing you, it's an A+. Pluses around here like they're going out of style. You really are. So, you know, what's the overall campaign so far? A C? C-? minus. All right. I'll go with that. So, John Schuster has bumped the grade up based bumped off the of- grade up, but right. Go ahead. But based off effort, based mm-hmm. off behind the... Uh, behind the exam uh, situation. So we'll keep it like that, which again, runs a tight ship right here. All right, we're going to come back now and we're going to talk about softball and baseball, arguably the two most renowned programs on campus. We'll be right back with you. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. Thanks for keeping it Locked On Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, Shu. Arizona softball, by any metric you want to go, and is the 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 bell cow just off accomplishments, not off revenue, but certainly off accomplishments. Eight national championships, we, everybody knows that. Mike Candrea steps, well, Mike Candrea retires, replaces Caitlin Lowe, or replaces uh, himself. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is replaced guess, by Caitlin Lowe. Yes. Yes, replaces himself with Caitlin Lowe, mm-hmm. and uh, Arizona and successor. Right, Arizona starts out. 0-8 in conference play, which for Arizona softball fans, you're not usually used to that. Arizona then rallies to get to the Women's College World Series and then wins a game. Um, I'll just say this. Arizona softball, I don't know whether it slipped under Candrea or whether the rest of the world just got much better, but it, it went from being the best entity in college softball to probably one of the top 10 to 12 to 13, somewhere in there. What do you grade out Caitlin Lowe in her first year, John Schuster? I think this is possibly, well, I say because you've done a lot of podcasts about this across a variety of network and talk to a lot of different people. So as a result of that, this has perhaps been discussed a little bit more than I think. But it feels like the resurgence of Arizona softball in season is the most underappreciated story of Wildcat athletics this year. Arizona went from, wait, 
they're in last place in the 0-8 in the conference. How the hell did that happen? To wait. They're in the College World Series? Right. How the hell did that happen? And they just won uh, a game? Yeah, so 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 their in-season improvement, I think you have to feel really good about the direction of things and maybe a stabilizing factor. Hey, it's tough to recruit, but Arizona in softball remains a brand, and hopefully Caitlin Lowe and her coaching staff can go out and do uh, some very good things and get Arizona back to a prominent position. It's not going to be easy. You look at what Oklahoma's done in college softball, and it's reminiscent of what UCLA and Arizona were doing in college softball a decade or two ago. Right. Uh, so there's a new top dog on the block, and there are a lot of established teams. Um, so to to some degree, Mike Candrea ultimately became his worst enemy. Right. He made college softball so significantly better that instead of being a dominant dynasty, they became a very good program surrounded by a lot of very good competitive programs. Uh, and, and now we get to see whether Caitlin Lowe can continue that and build upon that. I'm a big fan of the kid that works hard all year, strives, maybe doesn't get the grade they want, but you know what? I'm going to give them the grade they want because of how hard they work. Caitlin Lowe, you get a B plus in my book. That's, you know, it really is difficult to say because of the way they started, because right. the way they finished is an A. Right. They got to the College World Series. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good. That's, that's very a, good. That's an A-level accomplishment. You're one of right. the eight best teams in the country at the end of the year. Uh, so You want to go A? You're, you're, yeah. you're a stickler. You're going A. Yeah. I, I think I'll go A here on a fringe A-, minus. but I get what you're saying because they, they were so low so early that at one point you're looking at, holy crap, what in the hell's going on? Arizona's an F in college softball? Right. Where did that come from? But their their improvement and their conclusion, they're the – they're the definition of the team that got hot at the right time and right. and and maximize their talent and maybe to a large degree that's what you want to do so keeping right. that in mind based on the way that they concluded uh yeah i'm i'm willing to give that an a let's talk arizona baseball now there's a lot of people that don't there's a lot of people that were skeptical of the chip hale hire uh didn't have any college baseball experience um, wasn't particularly renowned in his major league performance. I was okay with it mainly because I think you need to, he's a guy that wanted to be there. I don't think that he should have a problem with recruiting being that he is fairly well known in major league baseball circles. I'm assuming he had a lot of contacts. Arizona doesn't make the, uh, I almost said the women's college world series. Uh, Arizona doesn't make Omaha. They get into the postseason. They lose in the regionals. Um, I'm going to go incomplete here. I don't know exactly where to go with this grade. I will say that he was he was dealt a tough spot because Jay Johnson took half his roster and almost his entire recruiting class with him to LSU, which is a little bit different than what Caitlin Lowe obviously inherited. So I'm going to go incomplete here. I think it's very difficult to grade Chip Hale based off that first year. I would go with a B. Okay. Uh, and, 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 but I, be, because if you go with an incomplete with Chip Hale, I think you have to go with an incomplete with all the other coaches too, right. because everybody was in their first year. Right, it was all a first year. That's thing. true. So, That's true. So the reality is, we liked what we saw out of Tommy Lloyd. We don't know if he can really recruit. Uh, we we liked what we see off the field with Jed Fish. We think he can recruit. Can he win games? You know, with that talent, uh, can Low recruit? 
can Chip Hale recruit? I don't know. But the performance uh, between the lines in year one, at least with Chip Hale, uh, I, I think was be worthy uh, for Arizona baseball. Be. Solid. They were, you know, they were, uh, you know, in the upper portion of a good conference. Uh, you know, they were never going to threaten to win the league, but they were, you know, they were competitive on a consistent basis and uh, made it into the postseason. And did you know, could have done better, but did reason reasonably well, all things considered. So, so I would give them a B. I think the big question with Chip Hale is the difference between the pro game and the college game in regards to recruiting. And is that something he really is willing to do? Because it's a very different skill set. If you've spent your entire baseball life at the professional level, now trying to convince kids to come to your school, as opposed to just scouting them and seeing who's ultimately good. That is a skill set that John Schuster would want nothing to do with, recruiting high school kids. For John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast.